Oh, hi. We're sick. We sick. <laughs> Ugh, sorry. Yeah, it's going to be a gross show. Let me let me cough directly into the mic. So, she got sick, and then I got sick because she was sick. I tried. So now we're both sick. I tried. I slept in here for two days. But the good news is our interview segment was taken from before either of us was sick. Uh-huh. So we're going to try and make all the segments around it as short as possible. So you don't have to deal with this. <laughs> Hello, All Gaming. Good to see you, sir. We were talking before uh, we got on here. There was a Taco Bell ad, and you brought up how Taco Bell used to be like 60, 70, 80 cents. Yeah. What did the ad say now? How much is it now? Oh, it was an ad with Portugal the Man, which I was, explains why I was like, oh, the song's a bop. Um, and they were like, so many items on the menu for under $3. Uh, like, oh, my God. When I was it used to be $3 got you almost every item on the menu. <laughs> when I was working at the environmental place, I used to go with my coworker all the time. And we were constantly broke, like, because we were basically just spending our paychecks on life essentials at that point. Not much has changed for me. And uh, we would pay and change. And right. They just, like, were totally, like, whatever, we get it. Like, but, like, we'd be, like, $5 worth of change. Like, I just want a fucking burrito. Right. And I, I think that's definitely something that's lost now is the ability to rummage through your car for enough change for fast food. Yeah, when we were re listening we re- to that Weird Al song where he's making fun of R. Kelly. Right. Uh, Trapped in the drive through. Yeah, he's like looking in the cup holders for change and stuff. And I was like, oh, what a novelty that used to be. Yep. You just dig through your car. And now it's like, I think I spend all of my change on parking. <sighs> and then I park a car and then I get a ticket for impeding a sidewalk that I didn't impede. I'm still angry. Not surprised. Screw you, Detroit. <laughs> okay. What do you got? What are we doing? Where are we going? We're going to the headlines. We didn't even start the show yet. I thought we did. No, I was no. just talking. I was, I was bantering because I thought we already started. I was See? explaining. See how how messed up we are? All right. Welcome to the Really Big Fan Podcast. We're back for 2024 and we've got a great guest for you. It is uh, returning Mr. Jeff Lusk. We're going to talk about alternative music, but before we get there, headlines. Now I think I might leave all that shit in. You should, because there's nothing there, and it just sounds bleh. All right. Unless you want to production it around. Well, more old man problems, as uh, Best Buys have already started to remove physical media from their stores, whether it be Blu-ray movies or CDs or records that they had. Uh, Video games seem to still be safe. For now. But for how long? Yeah, that's garbage. I just got to a point where I could start buying DVDs of things I worked on at Best Buy. That's not fair. Yeah. No. The time for DVDs at Best Buy to not be a time for me to not have physical copy anymore. You could still go on their website and order the stuff. Yeah. You know, like you can on 
Amazon? Yeah. <laughs> or a million other places? You know they're going to mark that shit up. Oh, probably. You know they're going to mark that shit up. Probably. But it also means that they don't have to worry about stocking stores, which means that Best Buy stores are probably not going to be around for another decade or so. Yeah. I. That's the shitty thing, too, is that, like, so as a photographer, I'm constantly buying stuff when I actually have money to get stuff on Amazon because most of the time the stores don't carry it. Right. Like, they'll carry the base level consumer product. So I'll go in there and, like, I think the best lens I could go and walk in there and buy is, like, an 85 millimeter lens and it's going to be, like, 600 bucks. But beyond that, it's not like I can go in there and buy a 70 to 200. I can't go buy a telephoto, like a huge one, nothing like that. So you have to go to online anyway. So they are in with in there for stuff like that that is like, you know, camera shop stuff. But then you go to a camera shop and they mark that stuff up like crazy. Like, I think I bought an external flash for $200 the day of a wedding once and I could have gotten it for $35 on Amazon. So there is that problem in itself. But it's like, you know, if you start, if Best Buy goes away, like, you're going to have to order your, like, stove and your fridge and all that crap online. And I want to see this shit. Oh, I think there'll still be places that have stoves and fridges. I mean, yeah, you can go to, like, Sears and stuff like that. But, like, some people go to Best or Buy Target. for that, you know. Right. But, like. I'm wondering maybe, well, I was going to say one nice side effect is that they have all that floor space. So if they're getting rid of those sections and they have to put something else in those sections. So maybe they're going to go to more towards appliances. Yeah. And less towards. They'll turn into a value city furniture type city. But I was going to say one nice side effect about that is they've added all that, all those aisles of toys. (laughs) Like Funko Pops and Legos. Yeah, but that's not going to keep them sustained. So for a brief moment in time, Best Buy has almost become media play. Uh Uh-huh. Just just for a sliver of time. Until they get rid of all that shit, too. I just, I, there's some stuff I just don't like buying online. I mean, fuck, you can buy a car online now. I just noticed that the other day. Yeah. I'm looking at it and I'm like, who's going to buy a car online without goddamn test driving it first? What the fuck? That does feel weird. That seems like a very bad idea. Uh, I mean, unless you get it new. I'm still, I want to know how the thing drives. If I buy a car, new car and then I hate how it drives, why would I want to keep it, right? So. I would think they have some kind of thing in place where like. I think you've been the first, Yeah, the first month. You could be like, nah, I don't like this one. Yeah. I mean, you can, but it's just, that's just go drive the car. I wish they did that with mattresses. Yeah. You could do the 30-day. Well, people would do freaky shit on mattresses. That would be why. Yeah, but like you should get at least two weeks to sleep on that thing before you know whether or not it's a good mattress. Oh, you mean like me buying one on Amazon and it sucks and now we're both sleeping on really weird things on mattresses? A little bit. I totally understand. Our sleeping uh, setup is really, really silly. It's really dumb. All right. Well, let's get let's talk about something that's a little bit more positive. So Baldur's Gate 3, you know, picked up a ton of awards at the Video Game Awards last year. Wade said, or play it. 23. Wade was like, I love it. It's amazing. It totally deserves those awards. So uh, one of the players that uh, was in like the, the pre-release, like early access and stuff, uh, had had mentioned to the people who are making the game that uh, early access means this uh, Christmas I'll be able to go on adventure with my father one last time, and I know he'll enjoy it. Um, his dad and him played the original Baldur's Gates on the computers together uh-huh. and loved talking about role-playing games and stuff, but his dad 
had been diagnosed uh, with, um, like, not schizophrenia, but, you know, like, he was slowly losing his mind uh, kind Alzheimer's? of thing. Alzheimer's. Yeah. Yes, Alzheimer's. Thank you. Um, so one of the designers said when they read that letter, uh, they decided they were going to take um, his father's name and make a character in the game Oh, um, named after his dad and it's like an NPC you do a quest tour and then I think he goes on a quest with you mm. so that this player got to a particular point where his dad mm. where his dad's character was there that's cute yeah and I thought that was that's a sweet story yeah I like that that's really sweet yeah I, when I was talking to counselor photographer Wade the other day he was like my god it's so awesome you should totally play it and i'm like i am not that type of video game player and he goes no it's really easy it's not it's not super hard i'm like wait you don't understand right I, i'm not that type of video game player so i don't know if i'm even that type of video game player because there are certain games that like uh like king mob played all of uh disco elysium yeah and that game is beautiful and it's got great voice work and stuff like that but it's so much reading is that the uh, the one where it ended really friggin' weird yeah oh yeah oh god okay yeah I, I remember what one you're talking about now but like like i said it's so much like listening to an audiobook that i feel like i have it on steam and, and one of these days like as i made my backlog list yeah. uh i one of these days i'll end up trying to play it but i feel like i need to be playing it in bed already because it's I'm, like the voices are so soothing and they're just reading to me and i'll sleep yeah i'll be playing it in five minute intervals and they just go uh, <laughs> and then i'm gone that's when i was playing pokemon before bed even though i don't listen to the the music or anything like that like just reading the that's always wild like to that. me that you don't listen to any of the music whatsoever no I, I don't like to listen to some of the music, like the story style or whatever. Like it, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I'm not interested in listening to music when we're playing uh, um, Unite. You usually have the music. Yeah. So I'm not going to play the music, too. Well, yeah, I get thing drives me nuts. And you've seen me do this. I get that. If you have sound on and I have sound on, I immediately shut my sound off because I can't do both. Right. And I'm like, I can't. Nope. So like, I don't listen to it. Only one I crank it up for, Tony Hawk. Well, yeah, obviously. For the obvious reasons of stuff. And um, Donkey Kong. I like the Donkey Kong music and the Banjo-Tooie music. Those are like literally the only three things I listen to when I crank it. Any other time when I was a kid, I don't know if you did this when you were younger, I would just turn down the volume and listen to music. My normal music. Oh, well, I used to have two, two of those like television VCR combos. Yeah. Because I had one. And then the VCR part of it broke, so I had to get a new one. Mm -hmm. But I kept the one that the VCR part was broke on, and I would play games on that one, and then I would watch MTV on the other one. Yeah, That's yeah. That's how I would grind through Final Fantasy VII. Gotcha, yeah. just like with something on here that I can just kind of like... I just had my CD oh, okay. player next to me, and I would I would flip through my CDs. Yeah, it's, it, music is such an integral part of gaming to me growing up that like I always want to hear like what's the like there's plenty of times where I'm like okay I've heard this enough and I'll turn it down or right. off well and you gotta think too the ones that I say I listen to the music on are things I've played a million times like there's yeah. nostalgia but I mean you heard that. you heard me playing that one Game Boy game on the Switch in there you were like that's kind of a neat sound and that's another one of those like I could listen to that music loop 
that 30 second music loop for the rest of my life. Yeah. And it's just pleasant. No. It brings up nostalgia, but it's also a pleasant music loop. The flip side to that is when you were playing the zombie shooter game the other night. Oh, that was awful. I kept going. Oh, flat earthers say this flat earth. I'm sitting in here going, oh my God, shut up about flat earthers. What no, that the game, fuck are you playing? <laughs> I got that game for free from uh, on, on the Switch from a, a company I, I will not disparage because they have made some neat games, but they, they've made a lot of shovelware too. Yeah. And, uh, it's not, not great story like everything that came out of his mouth was like an annoying guy that has a podcast that wants you to know he has a podcast speaking as an annoying guy with a podcast <laughs> that wants you to know he has a podcast what do we got there's an alex jones game no 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 i'm that cat that cat no 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 yep no, this is a screenshot here. You see he's fighting a boss called the Big Tech Lizard Nerd. It says, I'll eat your ass. It, it, like a, bl- a block quote. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, every block quote in this article on Kotaku is, I'll eat your ass. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, there's a screenshot here. There's the friggin' the gay frogs. Yes, taking out the friggin' frogs game. Taking out multicolored frogs. He's riding a Joe Rogan centaur. Oh my God. Um, Jesus Christ. The only problem with this game is I can't tell if it's self-aware or poking fun at Alex Jones. I hope it's making fun of it. Oofballery. I think it- shit's nightmare fuel. I think it might be more along the lines of like, if you like Alex Jones, here's the video game for you, which is awful. No, that's no. Don't give those people your money if that is the case. Right. But that's nightmare fuel, absolute nightmare. Alex fuel. Jones, the video game. No, it's it's the Al, uh, the Joe Rogan centaur that really threw it over the edge. Yeah, I really like the the gay. Frogs. I like I like that the gay frogs are a part of it. Yes. There's yeah, there's scientists trying to inject you with with vaccines. Oh my god, people are terrible. Yeah, no, it's 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 probably for the worst, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. And the last couple of video game stories I had for you are uh, another another pair of kind of heartwarming stories. So there was. Uh, as Hall Gaming mentioned, he he's starting to try out multi-user MMO RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was, you know, like World of Warcraft is one, or uh, what's the other big one right now? I can't even think of Final Fantasy fourteen mm. is is a, is a big deal. So there was one uh, in the heyday of like the late nineties, early two thousands that was a superhero one that didn't have the license for any Marvel or DC or anything. It was just called City of Heroes, and a community of fans still play it on private servers mm-hmm. and the people who uh made city of heroes uh they've been kind of over the last year or two trying to figure out a way to make the city of heroes private server like an official licensed server that other people could play on over this and the people that made city of heroes gave them their blessing oh, as cool. of january 4th to like at some point this year make it so other people can go back to City of Heroes. Oh, geez, that's which would be kind of cool. And now they need to do that for your Transformers game. Well, the other story I have here is that um, Valve, the makers of the Steam, uh, the Steam Deck, and all that stuff, but also Half Life Two and Portal, mm-hmm. have also given their blessing to a Portal mod that is its own uh, six-hour brand new Portal game called Portal Apocalypse. Oh, it's got its own voice acting in it. It takes place somewhere between Portals 1 and 2. It's got new puzzles to play. But it doesn't have J.K. Simmons. I don't think it does. 
but it's a new portal game and they could have been like no you can't use our ip for that kind of shit but it said they were like you know what good on you you can put that on steam and it's free cool it's cool hell yeah i got one real quick here all right this is this is more nerdy toward my direction but here we go um so there were some pictures that were backstage taken at the Golden Globes by this artist called Lucas Michael. And he does, like, more painting-style stuff usually or whatever. Um, And he shot them for Vulture. And they look like what I perceived to be, like, very poorly shot. They look like Polaroids. They just look like Polaroids. And everybody's kind of, like, not exposed properly. The poses are not all that great or whatever. And I apparently stumbled on a absolute landmine by passing judgment on this because all of the film bros are now mansplaining me on how these were shot. And apparently they were used with like a like a peel technology from way back in the day that Andy Warhol used to use. Okay. And because of that, they're done on the fly and they are basically a Polaroid. You peel it back and then you can see the image and stuff like that. And so a lot of people were trying to tell me that I was wrong because of the fact that this is how this technology was used. But no one explained when they put the images out that that's how they were done. So it's interesting to me to see like the the back and forth between it. And there is a huge divide within the photography community of whether these images are good or not (laughs) because of that. It's like if you don't know what they are, A then are these good images most of us say no if they are you know shot on a polaroid like are they cool keepsakes yes are they more interesting because they just have celebrities in it or would they be just as cool if you shot normal people in it and now it's spiraled into this whole big thing about you know it's a dead medium which means that you have to pay x amount of dollars to even do it in the first place because you don't have the technology or wherewithal to do it right so now it kind of sounds like it's turning into one of these things where it's like oh it's just a really rich white guy doing a thing and now everybody is up in arms about it and it's just been kind of spiraling out of control from my account when i saw it on your threads i thought well that's part of the charm right is that it's just like candid like polaroids they're supposed taken to be- of mm-hmm. people in really fancy dress at an award ceremony right you know like probably moments after they're walking off stage from winning something exactly so. now i look at it and i'm like i don't really like the composition like that's basically where i stood from it but it's interesting to see and i guess like the reason why i feel like this is newsworthy to a degree is it's interesting to see how different people perceive art based on what they know yeah and i think that that's something that we can all take away when we're being critical of things that we see online and otherwise rob liefeld is still the worst artist on the face of the planet oh yeah he cannot convince me no no i'm not gonna say that i'm not gonna say that at all i mean he drew a lot of things he did. He did get published for a lot of things. But the man can't draw feet, and <laughs> that is on him. He didn't try to learn how to draw feet, or he did, and he's just really awful at it. But I don't think he tried hard enough. If he's able to draw all the rest of the stuff that he's drawn, he's not really. No, it's not proportionate at all. He, I mean, he's not really good at a lot of parts of the body, to be honest. No, somebody in, in a group that I'm on on Facebook did like a 
a collage of all the crotches uh-huh. on everybody and like tell me which one's the man and which one's the woman and like you you can't because he just draws one crotch at everybody but i will say this much there's probably somebody out there that really loves his art style and it's not you they're allowed to yeah i'm not saying they're not allowed to and but he's how- that's how art works. So He's the worst. That's the point I'm driving home is that is how art works. All right. Well, we're going to talk about some art, some musical art when it comes to uh, that with our good buddy Jeff Lusk. We're going to be talking about the origins and what is alternative music when the really big fo- podcast. Oh, man, I fucked that up. Very big. When the really big podcast really returns. Big podcast? Fuck me. When the really big fan <laughs> podcast Welcome back to the first uh, 2024 episode. Did you glitch? Of the Really Big Fan Podcast. I did. I did. I'm a little rusty. (laughs) Uh, I'm a little rusty. But our first guest coming back from 2024 is our good friend, Mr. Jeff Lusk. Jeff, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much. I have one question to ask. And it is? Am I the first triple crown champion of the uh, of the really big fan podcast? I don't have we had you on three times. I think that is this three, is the yeah. third time. Oh wow! It, as be. long as we haven't had Dana three times, I don't think so. Yeah, then Jeff is the first. I haven't been keeping track of yeah. his records, but I will <laughs> <He's> now. <here. laughs> have to get you another belt to go with your other heavyweight championship belt. Right, the tax <laughs> season's coming up. <laughs> tax season's coming up. I'll talk to the old lady. <laughs> well, uh, you wanted to come back on the show, or I want to say we wanted to have you back on the show because you have a very uh, eclectic musical taste, and you proposed a, a very interesting topic in that all three of us are big fans of what is called alternative music, um, and I know that uh, my 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 jumping into alternative music predates your jumping into alternative, and I'm pretty sure Jeff's a little bit younger than me as well. Um, so little, I think I'm only a few years, maybe one or two years older than Amy. Yeah, yeah. we're like in between the two. Yeah, so I'm the old bastard. I'm 35. So I just turned 36 on the 10th okay. of December. I okay, was yeah, there, there when go. the our old... birthdays are so close too. We're like four days apart, but in like a year. <laughs> I was I was there when it was an alternative. I was there when the alternative nation was forged <laughs> over on TV. It's forged in black lipstick and eyeliner. No, I'm interested when when you guys got both got into alternative music. Like, what was it? What what was it proposed to to you as other than you know like what was it the alternative to? I, I don't know, and that's what I wanted to discuss with you guys because what is it alternative to? Uh I can tell you the first alternative band that I got into. So I was in eighth grade and uh, uh, my best friend, who's still my best friend to this day, because if your best friend didn't show you punk rock, then you don't fucking know punk rock. That's true. <laughs> don't get keep. Um, <laughs> he uh, showed me AFI and it was the Sing the Sorrow album. Yes. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah, I know. Right. I got it. My mom bought it for me for $9 at Target. Yeah, it was the end cap, right? The end cap at Target. Oh, I love those things. I always talk to him about that. That's where you find the real alternative. <laughs> the end cap well, Target's Target. just alternative to Kmart, so. <laughs> it's true. Right. I guess. 
Do you Walmart. you pulled it up? What is the definition in here? So according to Wikipedia, alternative rock, also known as alternative music, alt rock, or simply alternative, is a category of rock music that evolved from the independent music underground of the 1970s. Okay. The fuck does that mean? Uh, <laughs> There's so many. So like yeah, that, that that's so many bands. Stuff. Says that alternative rock acts achieved mainstream success in the 90s with the likes of grunge, shoegaze, and Britpop subgenres in the United States and the UK. Okay. So in my headspace, and this is how I've kind of always looked at it, is that like alternative music encompasses like punk, screamo, goth, um, grunge to a degree, even though grunge oh, definitely is grunge. for that label. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you know, especially because of where we grew up, we grew up around 89X. So 89X was that first, like, plunge into a lot of it. But, like, like pop punk really rose up around the time that we were in school. Yeah. So, like, for me, I I had the, you know, I had AFI and um, My Chemical Romance. and But, like, Fallout Boy was one of the first ones that, like, I came across as pop punk. Because, I mean, I guess it's not the not Blink first, but... No, Blink-182 is, is definitely pop-punk, but I never looked at it as pop-punk either. When Blink-182 was popular, it was mainstream. Mm. So it wasn't something that I ever considered underground because it was on MTV all the time. They had mm. the music videos everywhere. They were one of my favorite bands, and, like, I got into them in middle school, but I didn't have that thought process of it being alternative music. Because I feel like your generation of alternative music had the door busted down by Green Day. <laughs> it did, but Green Day is also what I would consider, like, as it when it started, it was just punk. Yeah. Like there was no pop attached to that. Once again, like they didn't right. use that terminology until like later on, I guess. But like at the same time, when I was in middle school, it was you had Good Charlotte, Simple Plan, Newfound Glory, All American Rejects. And those were probably more pop punk, despite the fact that Good Charlotte really tried to package themselves as a punk band, mm -hmm. like like fluid punk. But that's not punk like, you know. Some of the legacy punk bands. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I, give us give some punk bands there, Jeff. I know you're huge into yes, like, the Misfits yes. and. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I did have the um, the one big uh, Good Charlotte record. I didn't, I didn't really care for it. It was too poppy for me. Yeah, because, the Young uh, and the Hopeless. If that's what it was called, like yes, that, yeah, I, I had it, and I, I don't remember what the fuck I did with it, but. Um, <laughs> Wasn't wasn't really for me. Um, even like Blink One Eighty Two, like I had Enema of the State, which was a fine album, but wasn't really scratching that itch. And uh, I got into this music because I was like listening to things like uh, like uh, you know dad dad music. I was listening to like Rolling Stone. Um, uh, uh, it wasn't dad music at the time, but things like. Uh, like that early 2000s like bullshit rock yeah uh, like like hinder and yeah like that, that, new that metal and new metal adjacent matchbox shit. 20 yeah or, or, or is it more that um my mom really liked the matchbox 20 so i can't really like fuck with matchbox 20 too much because like it's my mom it's like that was like my, yeah. that was like a band my mom my mom wants my mom still wants to go see matchbox 20 and i tell her like you know if they ever come to town ma, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a ticket i'll go 
There was like at that time where it was like fuel nickelback. Yeah, it was um okay. I'm just gonna say something is art is subjective and art should should not be taken out of context. I'm sorry, art should art all art has context. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. But all those bands fucking suck. Well, that's the, um, that's the thing looking at it from from my perspective, a generation before, is that for us. How'd you do it? The, alter- <laughs> the, alter- How'd you do it? the alternative music was the stuff that wasn't metal, but it wasn't pop. So it was the in-between. And that's what, you know, looking at some of the bands that the Wikipedia article chooses as precursors, like one of the first bands they mentioned is the Velvet Underground, okay. which was definitely in the 70s was like. Definitely Not, alternative. Definitely. It wasn't exactly Led Zeppelin, but it certainly wasn't like the Beatles either. It's this weird in between. I think maybe that's where that's where the alternative starts is when the Beatles took acid, probably <laughs> when they went from being a boy band to being like kind of proggy to imagine like, I am the walrus. <laughs> Just imagine just imagine, right? Exactly. All I can think is that scene from Dewey Cox. Yeah, but I, th- I <laughs> also remember I booked him. <laughs> but I think it really took root in the '80s when you had bands that were on independent labels, but were also still blowing up, and radio and the record companies had no idea what to do with like a Dead Kennedys or an REM, and like no, absolutely bands not. are not remotely sound like each other, but at the same time, they had a huge following thanks to like college stations and college. Sure. Called college rock. And that was sure, like, I get that too. like a precursor umbrella. Yeah. It's not the actual genre. And I think that's where like everybody just started calling it alternative music because they didn't know what else to call it. Because they didn't know the subsects of the genre. It's pop music, but also like the kids with the cool haircuts like it. So <laughs> like, you, you you name a band like uh like the Dead Kennedys who is by definition a, a hard band. I mean they're yeah. fast they're, as fuck. Absolutely. But fun. you can't say like that's that's heavy metal like Iron Maiden, whom I also love, sure. but there's you know, you can't you can't say that they're these are in the same wavelength. Yeah. yeah. It's it's, well, it's you look at it, Primus would be probably considered in that Primus, even yeah. like Primus that, should be the forerunners of nineties alternative music because there's no genre they fit in, yet everybody from every genre finds appreciation for them. It's oh, like, I like you Primus. Have, you have Primus, you've got things like I'm starting to think like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack stuff. Like a lot of those songs would be considered like in the the earlies of the the genre of what you would consider alternative or punk, but you don't exactly have, they don't all fit together once again, because you're not going to have mm-hmm. something like, I don't know, Lagwagon's too late, but Lagwagon is nothing like suicide machines in my brain, you know? And that brings up another interesting point is that a lot of ska bands oh, would yeah. end up once they hit a certain peak, once you could make music videos and get on MTV, you're an alternative band now. So what you're saying is for a ska band, once they pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> um, 
Exactly. You teed me up. I had to swing. Exactly. No, that was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah. And Um, you didn't hear like you would hear maybe real big fish on the radio, but you didn't really hear it often. Right. It wasn't something that was in. They were kind of like bands that you hear and you're like, what the fuck is this? Uh Like, this is this is cool. I think of um, a band. I'm sure a lot of people will like disagree with me, but I was young the first time I, I heard them was uh the offspring mm-hmm. yeah um and they had like such gimmicky songs on the radio yes. besides like come out and play mm-hmm. like pretty fly for a white guy pretty gimmicky uh come on guys help me out here um self-esteem why don't you get a job yeah why don't you get a job they're, they're, they're a little gimmicky yeah. but if you actually listen to those records they bang oh yeah yeah those records bang Every for for every you know why don't you get a job on a you know on an offspring record there's a bad habit or there's exactly a, yeah uh huh yeah use energy that you're like oh man that's great. a good one I like this mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that is one band I used to get so made fun of for loving the offspring because I would go see them every time they came to town right I've never and seen them somebody leaned forward and was like are you stuck in the nineties what is wrong with you and yes, I'm like. I am there but then like a couple weeks ago i was like putting out all of my band t-shirts i was like putting my laundry away and i had sitting there a dookie t-shirt from green day my smashing pumpkins long sleeve zero shirt and there was uh, like Like a a third one yeah the nirvana shirt was in there and then i'm just like i look down and i go do you feel like i'm cosplaying your generation's music you're like sometimes Because it's more his generation than mine. Oh, (laughs) most definitely. Because I grew up with the music, and and then I was already grown up when you were discovering the music. So, (laughs) yeah, we stole it from you. Actually, Chuck, the first time I ever met you, and and I I'll never forget this day because you you stood out like a sore thumb. It's like (laughs) now, and you know, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. Because I met you at the comic book store, and I was like, fucking nerd X Men. Now, <laughs> is we got to talking about something and I was working behind the counter and it was great because you knew your number because oh, yeah. um, I can't do that thing that Grandmaster Gale does where he's just no, like I, I've only got a handful of people I've been working there for years and years and I've only got a handful of people that I can see them in the parking lot and be like oh that's number 548 yeah so I'm always like oh what's the number and you were yeah. like what is your number do you remember your number? Oh, nine. <laughs> 186. Yep. So <laughs> he remembered mine. But yeah. somehow we got to talking and you were like, I have an extensive CD collection. And ah. I love my CD collection. I was like, oh, this guy really appreciates music. All right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I just like consumerism. <laughs> That's really he what... tapered down his collection too, and it's so funny to watch because I'm just like, you you were so attached to it that you're like looking at it and stressing over it to yeah. a degree. Like, what am I gonna keep? What is important, especially in this digital age now, where they're just pulling when everything all, into when all the services only? go down. What are the things that I'm going to miss because I can never ever listen to them ever again if I don't? And you're like them. smashing pumpkins. Hell yeah! We yep. <laughs> had people over to play rock band, and my friend's husband was going through the rock band thing, 
He gets, he goes, do you guys have any smashing pumpkins? I'm like, oh yeah. And he scrolls down to it and he's like clicking through and he's like, man, you even have the bad ones in here. Hey, <laughs> you like, ain't a real yeah. fan. You ain't the a real, real fan. Yep. Here's how you gatekeep. Here's proper gatekeeping <laughs> from an OG gatekeeper. If you ain't got the bad stuff, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I'll even one up you. If you ain't got the bad stuff, and you don't still kind of really dig it. That, yeah, yeah that's the me. thing. You, you, uh, the, she likes to put it. Uh, you uh, waterboard yourself and yes. liking the stuff that you know is not good. Well, and that's the argument I have for him saying all that music sucked when I brought up like Fuel and Nickelback and stuff. I've waterboarded myself with divorced dad rock so much that now it's funny to me. Right. And I'll be sitting in here and I'll be hitting my bong and. Creed's higher comes on and I'm like you know what would be funny if I took that do 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 and like matched it up to when Bill and Ted do their do 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 yeah. and I did it and then I hurt my own feelings <laughs> so <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like I, I'm just listening to Creed and I'm hitting my bong and I want to go like get a pack of cigarettes and like a 12 pack of bush <laughs> <laughs> no but I I honestly on I Chocolate covered starfish and hot dog flavored water by Limp Biscuit. Yeah, that... I was in middle school when that came out. My friend's brother loved it. I listened to it quite a bit at that point, and it was like the only real Limp Biscuit I'd entertain. But it was one of those things where I didn't talk about it. Yeah, and then now, then I got to like my late twenties, and I was like, you know what? Chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water, motherfucker. And then You're like, like yeah! then he got stuck on it too. And right, now we both accidentally like Limp Bizkit. It went you from unironically being, like Limp Bizkit. Right. It went from being a joke to being like, no, wait, I think I actually kind of like this shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, like the musicians in that band are actually way too good for that band. That's what I say all the time is I don't know how Fred Durst got those musicians to let him like, be in the band. He was like, yeah, right. one, two. He was bridge. Right. So Jeff, I think you already uh, said this, but uh, let's circle back. What was the first band that you clearly remember that like, oh, this is an alternative band? It, it probably was the AFI Sing the Sorrow album. Yeah. And I say that like uh, my friend showed it to me and like, uh, I don't want to be like it was like a revelation moment or anything, but I was like, the fuck is this? Yeah. And but I if think you watch the a... music video, the music video for Girls Not Gray, Davy Havoc has this fucking long pitch black mane of hair. Yep. You don't expect this dude to look the way he looks. He's covered in tattoos. They're in this weird anime world, which I used to really be into anime, so that was kind of a draw. Nerd. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> and uh i don't know man i like i just like really got into them and uh it, it was like one of these weird things where i i wanted to know more about these cats because i didn't know shit about them other than that music video and that cd that it wasn't really my mom didn't really buy that that was my allowance yeah. for the week yeah. so technically i earned that yep you know, working class punk. Um, <laughs> and I was I was just like so curious and I wanted to like know more about it. And there's not really that many pictures of them in that booklet, if you remember. 
No, nope. I think there might be some. I can't remember. So like, I had a comp- I, my parents had a computer, so I just start searching, and um, it turns out that these cats um, have been around f- fucking ten years prior. Yep. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, so let's start checking this shit out. Oh, this is cool. It's a little bit faster. It's a little bit you know heavier, not, not heavier. Cause sing the sorrow gets pretty fucking heavy, mm-hmm. but um, I found something and it said, um, biggest influences were uh, uh, the misfits. And I was like, Oh, who the fuck are these guys? Mm. Rest is fucking history. Uh-huh. See, I think that's that's the common denominator for probably for all of us, is much less for a lot of our listeners, too. Even if it's not alternative music, there's a period in your life in your teenage years where music becomes extremely important to mm-hmm. you. And there are well, bands that you attach to then and then have the same journey you had, where it's like, well, what are their influences that you kind of you find your musical taste during those years? Now I do have to ask though, at at any point, because I don't know the I am not a CM Punk person. Like, I don't know anything about him, but he used that entrance at one point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yes, from, he did. He, from, he used it. He used so it. What in was, his, um, was that before you knew about them or way after? Because I don't know, like, chronologically anything about Um, him. That was way after because that was, uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was, I, I, I found out about CM Punk way after. And the only reason that I even got into CM Punk is because I was that pretentious punk teenager. And I'm like, this guy, I, I don't even think, I don't even think I was a teenager at this point. I don't know. I don't fucking remember. Um, <laughs> but this cat, like, I, I, it was like one of my four ways. Like I had stopped watching wrestling and there's this cat calling himself CM Punk. And he's on the ECW sci-fi show. So, I mean, yep. it wasn't very good. <laughs> and uh, I didn't like the fact that he called himself CM Punk. So I was like, what a fucking poser. It's even worse <laughs> when you know what CM stands for. Chick magnet. Yep. And um, which is kind of <laughs> um the reason I brought that up was because when he decided to reuse that entrance theme, mm-hmm. he got sucked into that album finally. Yeah, I remember. Oh that. man, you were new a couple that? of times. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's man, what man. did it. Because he was washing dishes and listening to it. I'm like, you listen to AFI? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got into Misfits and I thought they were super cool. And um, like, I I want to say like, man, I thought it was so cool in high school listening to fucking music from the 70s. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then came, you know, the Ramones, the Clash, um, so on. It's gotten to like the UK stuff, like the Exploited, GBH band uh the hardcore scene like uh black flag and tsol and the dead kennedys and uh, brought up black um, flag that was that was rollins band right henry rollins yeah band. yeah yeah flag. he was in that band yeah so i don't i i know like this much about henry rollins maybe you can help me out with this because this question just came up earlier today do you know if henry rollins ever like smoke weed um i know that in one of his um like uh he does like he did like no i think he might still do it he did like talking like tours yeah, like tours like, tours yeah yeah um he talked about being in black flag and being the youngest member in black flag because he was quite young um he talked about doing acid okay 
but other than that, like, I would I, assume if you do acid, you probably you usually, yeah, weed. weed is usually the starting point, and then you're like, well, let me try shrooms, let me try acid. But um, <laughs> I think, I think, and uh, I don't want your listeners to you know crucify me or anything, but I think Henry did come from like a straight edge background. That's what I was That's thinking. Because yeah. we were we were listening to uh, the Beastie Boys this morning, and I looked it up, and like during one particular tour, they uh, had the Rollins Band and Cypress Hill open for us. And I was like, that backstage had to be amazing. <laughs> I don't know if Henry was taking part, but that bus just like the door opens and the Beasties and Cypress Hill come out and smoke is just billowing out of that. It's thing. the Snoop Dogg effect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, knowing anything about Henry Rollins is uh. Uh, he, uh, probably not so much smoking pot, but like boiling chicken breasts, eating right. a lot of rice, right? Yeah. Fucking lifting weights, you know. You yeah, know, punk could be anything. Punk could be anything. Now, now you guys, ra- you raise an interesting point here, though. We were listening to BC Boys earlier. That is definitely considered alternative music. Yeah, because it's not hip hop enough to be considered full fledged hip hop for heavy hip hop people. But they, that, like, like they are good rappers and people will respect them to a degree, but you're, they're not going to put you in the same level as Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg no. or, you know, Biggie or anything else. And it's like when you talk about a lot of hip hop culture, especially, I mean, I don't know if this is also like a geolocational thing, but I with all of the years that I've had to cover hip hop and have been around it. You don't hear people bring up Beastie Boys as influences unless you're starting to tread the side of white rappers. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you you don't hear that. And a lot of people have discrepancies about what they consider is Eminem like top tier, like top 10 rap or is he top tier, top 10 for white people? So there's one of those conversations to go with it. But Beastie Boys is a really interesting part because they were a punk band. Right. Well, you, well, you know how they got their name, right? I don't. They were. Oh, um, there you go. Educate they us. were so <laughs> into the hardcore band Bad Brains that they loved the BB sound. And they almost kind of wanted to be like Bad Brains ripoffs. So they went uh, with the name Beastie Boys. No. And uh, yeah, everything comes back full circle in the alternative world. I think there was a time in like the early 80s when the Beastie Boys were a local band when they were just a Bad Brains cover band. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty like, sure right. Bad Brains cover band. And then they played some originals called like No Sleep Till Brooklyn. And you're like, I didn't come to hear this. <laughs> fuck, fuck these guys. <laughs> you know? Oh, and also uh, I said uh, punk could be anything. Punk could be anything. Um, and punk is for everyone. Uh, but if everyone's not for you, you're not punk. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that before, and I I I, I, Stand by I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. So I'm trying to think, like, with some of the other stuff that I had listened to over the years, like, there was definitely, like, obviously The Offspring was one of the main ones. Well, what was um, the first band you remember being clearly being like, this is alternative music. I like this. This is alternative. I Kid feel rock. like it had to be, like, it sounds so stupid, but it's like when I started doing the whole, like, $9 a corner kiosk or you know something like that i would find random bands that no one was talking about yeah and like that's where my gatekeeping comes in is literally like i was the first person that i knew of that listened to fallout boy no one knew who the fuck they were no one like was into that type like they were looking at stuff like 
you know, um, Green Day or uh, Blink-182, things that had already hit the mainstream. Because by the time that I got to Green Day, it was international super hits. So it was already long past Dookie and, yeah. and all of that. And so to me, like, I, I remember distinctly going to Fall Out Boy and listening and going, okay, this is mine. Yeah. Like, like nobody else listens to this Own but it. me. This Own is it. mine. Own and it. so, like, they had one album earlier prior to Take This to Your Grave, but that was the one that is a lot <laughs> of our entry points for Fall Out Boy is Take This to Your Grave. But then there started to be during our era of growing up, there was the screamo side of things. And that's when you started to see like what would now be considered like you look at a bring me the horizon or something like that. Like the roots for that music comes from my generation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you start to have under oath and um, thrice and got them blanking. Uh, and then you have like some of the lighter stuff like the taking back Sundays and brand new, but it's light, but also dark and twisty in its own way. It's not hard enough for the people that want the full on like screaming, screaming stuff. Right. So well, I get that. But it's not. The, now you look at something like Under Oath or Thrice. That's not considered metal. No, that's that like, is. Uh, that's like Screamo, but is, Screamo is, is a division of what metal. I, when I hear Under Oath, I'm like, well, that's a metal band, right? No, <laughs> it's not. It's it's not technically like they don't describe themselves as that. But if you look at somebody like Bring Me the Horizon or Falling in Reverse, <laughs> that's considered more on a like a, a metal. But it's like I think that's more of and and like this would get some people mad. It's more like a new metal, but a different type of new metal. It's yeah. not Limp Biscuit new metal, but you're using um, computers and beats and screaming me- on top of it. To me, a band like uh, uh, oh, the Ronnie Radke one. Yeah, bring me the horizon, or not bring me the horizon. Um, falling, falling in reverse and escape the reverse. fate. Those um, were his. I don't. Once again, just my opinion. Everything has context. I kind of find that band a little bit gimmicky. Yep, they are. And, and also, he too, he's not a cool dude. Nope, he's an asshole. He, yeah, fuck that and guy. That's my opinion. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I I had to photograph them at Upheaval. And this was like, I didn't realize how shitty he was until after I saw them at St. Andrews. And then I'm like, oh, this was all the music I didn't like. Because at, at the time, like growing up, Escape the Fate was the band he was in. And it was all like. Oh, I'm sexy and girls want me, but I'm going to fuck you up because I'm damaged. (laughs) And I hate that. And so, like, I never listened to that stuff. But I also didn't listen to certain bands, like, say anything. Not to say that, like, I was I had any reason for it. I just didn't like it. There's a certain cutoff point where I stopped paying attention and stuck with the bands that I had. So you have, like. You know, my chemical romance. I, th- um, I think that goes for almost any entertainment medium. Is yeah. that there is a point for every human being where like I don't have the attention span. I don't have the attention span to keep up with X monthly comics. I don't have the attention span to keep up with X bands. I recently asked people, I was like, okay, every everybody keeps talking about bad omens and uh sleep token try to sell me on this because I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the, and it was everybody funny was the way like, you phrased it was like, pick one. 
Yeah. I'm going to try one of them out. I want you to tell me which one I should try out. Well, and I listen to both, but like if you pit them against each other, you get more engagement. Yeah. That's a social media trick. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm just going to get confused if someone asks me something like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to listen to the same nine bad religion songs I've been listening right, to exactly. for the past 20 years. Because so I had to pull up this list. Okay. You have Silverstein Under Oath, Alexis on Fire, From First to Last, Story of the Year, Hawthorne Heights. Um, Armor for Sleep is kind of a, a lost one. Like people don't really know them as much. Atreyu, Sugar Cult is not technically part of that, but that song. I thought they were like a pop punk band. The, Sugar, Sugar Cult's more pop punk than anything else. Brand new, Taking Back Sunday, Panic at the Disco. Um, Panic at the Disco was almost like glam. Right. They were like glam emo. It was weird. But then you had like, you have your dashboard confessional and bright eyes. And Jack's Mannequin or something corporate, whichever one you subscribe to, Finch. Coheed and Cambria is just Ooh, rushed that's right. emos. <laughs> like, absolutely. The used, like all of those were right in that era. And all of those would be considered alternative. Some of them are emo. And yet emo is also its own, like, it, umbrella in emo, itself emo, emo is a subgenre of alternative in the same way that grunge was a subgenre of alternative exactly it wasn't that every alternative band came out of seattle but these specific bands came out of seattle and they all had a very similar feel yeah because mm -hmm. i asked you that before i was like okay so does smashing pumpkins land under grunge or not and that was the explanation that yeah, you gave me they, i think not. so like, they, they were not. like grunge adjacent, they but they're not actually grunge because grunge is like Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Right. Um, and that's that's the wild thing is that there are a bunch of Seattle bands that like people either barely know or never heard of, like Tad, that also were like mm -hmm. part of Sub Pop that, you know, were probably punk bands. But because they were all coming out of this exact same music scene, like the grunge scene was Seattle to me. And then you told me like people didn't accept Candlebox nearly as much because they thought they were an industry plant yeah. in California. Yeah, because they were like one of the first bands on Madonna's label. Mm -hmm. Or like that they can't be real. You can't hate <laughs> on that. The Deftones were part of her label too. Right. Um, Rancid was actually asked, I, uh, to, I believe, to be. I know that Rancid yeah. had had a meeting with Madonna. And they said she was actually a cool chick. And um, but it's wild to think that Tim Armstrong was sitting across the table from Madonna. <laughs> well, <laughs> also, um, Rancid's one of my favorite bands. Uh, uh, apologetically. Um, <laughs> Why apologetically? I don't know because I'm fucking. I'm not 15 anymore. But you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll wear the Misfit shirt unapologetically. But you know, if I Rancid comes say, to town. I was going to say you got kind of lucky with your journey as far as like finding out the, the who the bands that AFI liked and being like, oh, well, these bands are cool, too, because if I had to pick my first alternative band was Nirvana and oh, yeah. Cobain's musical taste was custom made to fuck with fans who wanted to find out what his influences were. <laughs> I always kind of thought that, um, you know, I don't I don't know too much about Nirvana. I, I like them. Um, but I was always under the impression that Kurt Cobain just liked punk music and kind of just wanted to be in a punk band. What's weird is like some of the things that he liked though, like what I was looking to see like what band it was that he, I know it's on so, his list. So the, there's a band that he did a couple covers of, one of them being Jesus Doesn't Want Me for a Sunbeam, that was called the Vaselines that were just like uh an 
Irish folk band. <laughs> but then like he liked Flipper and the Butthole Surfers. Mm-hmm. Oh, Flipper. And it was like I said, his his musical taste was almost custom made, like full of these musical landmines. You're like, man, Nirvana's pretty cool. I'm gonna check out the butthole sir. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm flying. <laughs> um, wasn't Moby and Flipper? No, I don't think so. I think you need to look that up. All right, well, I will. I will look it up for sure. Well, yeah, I don't like, want to go too long either, because you know it is our yeah, first okay, show yeah. back. But the yeah, Melvins can... was what I was thinking of. The Mel- oh, yeah, the Melvins, yeah, Melvins are the one that he absolutely like. They they were a band when he was growing up, a local band, and he was was like you know I idolized them. Aren't they like proto grunge? I've listened to the Melvins. But like, they, they they can be grunge, but like they also can be a metal band. Yeah, They're well, like I mean, that. so can Soundgarden though, because Soundgarden started more metal esque, and then it it evolved over. Soundgarden time. And, and Alice in Chains definitely felt mm-hmm. more like metal bands before. I I suck at grunge, guys. I I, I <laughs> enjoy Nirvana. I really love Soundgarden, especially the early stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I really struggled to get into Alice in Chains. I fucking love Pearl Jam for some reason. Yeah, I, it, that's the one that I am the least knowledgeable on, I think, is Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam is the vanilla of grunge. Like, everyone's going to like it. Well, like, Pearl you, Jam considered to me, like, that's college school. rock. Like, yeah. I always considered that college rock because where did I get exposed to it? At U of M from yeah. my older cousin. Like, her boyfriend made me a really shitty Pearl Jam CD, like, with live music and stuff like that. So for some reason, one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs is Elderly Woman Behind a Counter in a Small Town, and it makes no sense as to why. Um, But, like, you have... So I'm looking at grunge, which would be considered... This is grungy playlist that I made, so it's a little different. But I've got, like, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Temple of the Dog, which is just an offshoot <laughs> between Soundgarden yeah. It's just Pearl Jam. I really um, like that. I really like that album. <laughs> Stone, Temple, so Stone Temple Pilots is on here. Candlebox. <laughs> um, I do have Bush on here, but that doesn't technically count as grunge. Yeah, Bush and Stone Temple Pilots were both bands that are like loose. You're not from there. Yes. But you are really good at cribbing their style. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mad Season was that's an offshoot of Alice in Chains. That's Alice in Chains yeah. and Pearl Jam together, basically. So you have all of those. And then you have Blind Melon, which does Ooh, not actually, go together. That Blind Melon album fucks. I know. That, that, that I think both of them fucks. actually, because the second one is there two darker. Yeah, uh, soup. Mm-hmm. That's and then a shame you got what a, that fella. You got Sponge, who's from here. Yeah, but that definitely is adjacent to the rest of the stuff. And then you have these random bands. Screaming like Trees was another Screaming Trees Seattle band that like. Hell yeah. Green River. I don't, I didn't Green River I came was across that one later. Members of Pearl Jam and Mud Honey before there was Mud Honey. Okay. So do these dudes in Pearl Jam just fucking jam with everybody? Like, what the Pretty fuck? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 There was like one or two members of each of these other bands. And then when they broke up, these other these guys jammed. It was like, oh, we got, we get together. We're, we're real good. And they got, um, the mother love bone guy that died, Andrew Wood, yeah, as a singer, and they're like, "Yeah, we can. We're gonna be the next Greta Van Fleet. We're gonna do all this cool '70s shit." Where does Mud Honey? Live? We're gonna be the next Greta Van Fleet. Mud Honey, <laughs> Mud, Mud Honey is definitely Seattle grunge. Okay, Mud oh, Honey. I, I wasn't sure. And then you got like bands like Local H, who aren't yeah. grunge, but like you have them and the Toadies, and I don't even know what you fucking call butthole surfers. Like, I, oh, I don't even I, know what you call that. But whole surfers are on the same uh, wavelength as like Primus is like, this is so weird that 
I think I kind of like it. This was the one I was looking for. The meat puppets was Kurt Cobain really that loves was, the meat puppets. Yeah, Kurt Cobain was a huge fan of the meat puppets, and once again on that unplugged record, he he covers like two two or three meat puppet songs mm-hmm. with them. And if you went and found the record, those three songs are on. It's awful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. Awful. <laughs> I've never tried. I've never tried. I I, I know the iconic unplugged. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's cool, that, and I and I really like um what Puddle of Mud did with that cover. <laughs> cover. Right. Fucking puddle right. of mud. Oh my god. Yeah. Mud. So I had um it was weird because when I was in high school, someone had an extra box set of the with the lights out, um, which was a Nirvana box set. And so it had tons of demos and stuff like that. And like I got hit with the bug of Nirvana. And it's it, I hate saying it, but like it was because they were like, oh, he killed himself. You should listen to the music and try to see if you can decipher it. Right. And that was like the thing. A lot of people in our teenage. generation did that. A lot yeah. of people yeah. did. So like listening to the demos, looking at those books that like the written word that he put out and like all this other stuff. And you're like trying to pick apart. OK, was he really depressed or did Courtney Love kill him? And that was the whole thing for, for so many time. years. Yeah. And so like that my, was the my teenage years. That. that was how I processed it is that, well, she must have had him killed. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I've been like, no, nah. no, the writing was kind of on the wall there. It's, it's a thing that uh, I've discovered um, in, a, in a bunch of different places in my life that is like if someone tells you who they are, don't think well maybe they're not that person no they, um with they the, you know, like, immediately who they are yeah with like the publications of like his journals and all that things i i kind of feel like that's so disrespectful because i i just feel like what he what he wanted to share with us he did with mm-hmm. his music and like his journals and all that that was for him and yeah. i just feel like the publication of that was just like so disrespectful that's but the way I, that I the totally world told is, my wife, unfortunately. Like, They're like, oh, you know. we're going to open this all up and we're going to let you know every little dirty secret because it's going to sell copies. And right. it's like, that's not yeah. respectful whatsoever. See, there, there is a part of me, like the fan part of me, that's like, give me everything. Give it, and not like journals wise, but like when a when a musician, when a when a musician is no longer going to make new music for me, then you got to have something. Let me have all the demos. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. That's understandable. Just let me fucking hear all the demos that he like was like, no, that song's not ready or that's not good or whatever. This takes not good. Fuck it. He's gone. This mix isn't good. Yep. (laughs) So also Amy, because I know like this is more your forte than mine and Chuck's is I didn't really get into emo until I was in my Mm twenties. And because I was such a pretentious fucking punk rocker, (laughs) I was more into like street punk hardcore and like emo yeah like no you know and then like my younger brother got into my chemical romance and i was like dude what are you doing (laughs) and he's like dude this fucks it does (laughs) and uh so my brother's also plays guitar um also shout out he's got a hip-hop album and it's called uh catch hell that he produced and recorded and so that's on Spotify if anybody wants to check it out. What's his uh, uh his stage name? Um the band's name is Catch Hell. Oh, okay. Got oh, so it. it's just got a it. self-titled. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Sweet. Um, yeah, with the emo side of things, it was like 
there were so many different entry points. And this is where I've gotten in arguments with Jacob and Sam about this. Like, playful arguments, but arguments nonetheless of going, is Blink-182 emo? No. I don't think so. And then they're like, you're the one that loves the self-titled album the most. That is their most emo album. I'm like, yes, but it doesn't mean they are emo. I've never no. considered Blink-182 emo. That is punk or pop punk done, done. But things like standing in a room at an acoustic set of dashboard confessional singing Screaming Infidelities. That is the most emo thing I've ever experienced in my fucking life. And it was great. And I have it. So you'd yet. say and you'd do it again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but like there a- are so many different like you have you have Taking Back Sunday with the, the mic swinging and you've got some of these other bands like that are still operating today and how it, I pretty much photographed a lot of them at this point now, like Senses Fail. Like they're still operating. And that was a band that I heavily attached to when I was a freshman in high school. Um you have like Hawthorne Heights came out with the Ohio is for lovers. And recently the front man of that was on a podcast and he was talking about the legacy of the song Ohio is for lovers because it was the line of the cut my wrists and black my eyes. Oh yeah. That's them. Everybody was obsessed with it because it had this poetic lean, but it was also grotesque and very like, like you're talking about suicide to a degree. And it's those interesting bands that like, you didn't realize that you would push over 15 years later and people would still be celebrating this or be proud to consider themselves an elder emo like I am. Mm-hmm. I'm cringe, but I am free. Fuck you all. <laughs> and- Actually, dude, there's a band <laughs> I wanted to recommend to you, a newer mm-hmm. band. Okay. They only have two albums out, and they've not been around for very long. They're called Sincere Engineer. They're quite I photographed emo. them. They're great. They're great. Yeah, they were at, um. so they had Sad Summer Fest, which was like an emo festival. Headliner Taking Back Sunday. Um... Mom Jeans, Sincere Engineer, Stand, Strand or Stand Atlantic, I, I think it's Stand, um, Paris, and uh, Hot Mulligan. That was the that was a whole lineup for the day, and it was interesting because you have like the legacy members of you have Taking Back Sunday here, and then everybody below it is all younger bands, but like Hot Mulligans from here. Like at least some of the band members are. Mm. Um, and it's interesting to see what the evolution is of emo now because those bands all have very different spins on them. Especially uh, bomb scenes. It's weird. Sincere engineer is very punky. Mm-hmm. And they were so much fun. So like there's uh, there's still a a need and want for it. And I I have a hard time with it to a degree because now that I am the house photographer at Magic Bag, I've seen many cover shows and many like era shows. Like I feel like every month there's an 80s and a 90s show or something like that. But then I get hired for emo night, which is like I shot your wedding and then I had to go to shoot emo night. So like I was being, <laughs> I was being paid to shoot emo night that night. So I left your wedding and then I'm like, OK, and now I got to shoot emo night. And I'm like. Okay, is this as cringy as an '80s night though? Like, no offense to my my boss. I feel like, like <laughs> I feel like that's your generation's version of '90s night or '80s yeah, night. No. It, it probably is, and I'm like, but is it cringy? Maybe I don't know, but it's fun. Well, did you have fun? Yes, exactly. Did you get so, stoned? That's the 
That's I mean, the, I was working, so I couldn't. That's the thing <laughs> is it it all hinges on nostalgia. Yes. And um, nostalgia is always going to it's going to remind you of an earlier time in a fond way. But it's also going to remind you in an embarrassing way of who you used to be. It's true. Yeah. You know, I used to bleach my hair and uh, spike it up with glue. Yes. Wow. The yeah. Elmer's glue. Yeah, Elmer's glue. Oh, yeah. And I had like a foot long mohawk. And um, if I still had hair, I'd fucking do that. <laughs> well, See, we had Volumax, the hairspray. Right. And so it was Volumax and teasing it. And my mm. best friend Emily was always like, tease it to Jesus. <laughs> She's ridiculous. But um, we would, there was a very distinct style that went along with being emo. Now, I didn't do, she did it, but she had like the really chopped, like it was like longer in the front. Like the bangs came down to here and then it was really short in the back and then she'd spike it up in the back. She had at one point like the the raccoon tail in the hair and stuff like that. See, I'm like, I'm the classic, but I also didn't get to do a lot of it until I got older. I'm like, I've always been the the emo person, but I looked like very vanilla when I was in high school because I wasn't allowed to express myself that way. I'm pretty sure Jeff didn't want to get into emo because he just didn't want to bother with the makeup. (laughs) And it's just like, that's too much work. Like punk, I can just wake up in my clothes and put on a leather jacket and let's fucking go. Well, that's what's interesting though with like, I look at Davey Havoc of AFI and I always thought that that leaned like more goth Yes. In its own way. And I would I wouldn't be surprised if Davy Havoc openly was like, Yeah, I looked at Robert Smith and was like, Yes. He has said that, Amy. Okay, there he we go. He has said yeah. that. Would not he's be surprised. A huge, <laughs> he's a huge cure fan. And a good well, if question there's a patron saint of goth, it is Robert Smith. Why <laughs> wouldn't yes. you be a cure fan? They fucking rule. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like I look at that and it's it's hard because I know that the the subgenres are so different because you've got like like goth alternative emo, then you have like punk alternative, then you've got whatever the fuck Weezer is. Is that geek rock? Is it geek rock emo? Like where does that land? And then Green Day is like pop punk, but Green Day gets excommunicated from their own scene because they're too mainstream at that point. Yeah, there's too much pop. Now, in the hold punk. on, there's Wait too a much pop in the punk. Wait a minute, Green Day comes from the legendary East Bay area mm-hmm. with bands like Rancid, AFI, The Offspring, and Green Day would be the other one that yeah. launched a thousand other bands. Right, so, I know. But that was the thing was that there was a specific venue. This is like something we were listening to on the 60 songs that explain the 90s, where there's a specific venue that they would always play out there. And when they finally like got signed and started getting bigger, that venue told them they were not welcome anymore because they were now not punk enough for them. Right. So it's not welcome. It's gatekeeping. Yeah. And then you have like now I'm like I'm looking at my wall because I'm like looking at all of the other things that are up here. Like Dropkick Murphy's is like Irish punk. Yep. Flogging Molly is not punk, but then they get lumped together just because they're Irish. Rise Against is like political punk, but it's not the same political punk as Against like, Me. A Green Day or Against Me or anything else like that. So it's it's there's so much expansion between all of those genres that it's hard to put them all in a category to where like I understand it and can break it down and explain it. 
But a radio DJ on 89X is just going to be like, this is alternative music because you don't want to have to go down that rabbit hole. Exactly. Like we play pop punk, we play emo, we play goth punk, we play geek rock, we play all this other stuff. And then sometimes Ronnie Radke. So let's wrap this up here. Um, let's go around the room. If you were to suggest an alternative band to somebody, somebody was like, hey, I want to get on the alternative music. And I'm not saying pick a band that most encapsulates alternative music. Pick a band that you think somebody would attach to in the ways that we attach to bands when when we get into alternative music. What band would you suggest to them or what maybe what album by what band? Because I would I would hand somebody uh, Smashing Pumpkin Siamese Dream. And say if you do, if if you don't get into this, then alternative music might not be for you. Like that, but there there might be other genres out there that are for you. But I feel like if you're gonna enjoy alternative music, this is kind of a cool entry point. Uh, Rancid and Out Come the Wolves. That one's an amazing one. That's fantastic. Yeah, my head is swimming because it's like my my gut is obviously saying like it's saying My Chemical Romance. But uh, I was gonna say. Like, Sweet like cheers. Yeah, exactly. Sweet cheers. Um, like I I would lean to that over the Black Parade, even though I love the Black Parade, because I feel like it's the most palatable, but I also feel like that might be too much for some people. Well, I feel like Sweet Cheers, not to cut you off, it, it, oh, no, Sweet Cheers right. has that bite. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There's so much that's there, and honestly, like I think about it, too, because there's it, it kind of leans a little weird because you have the goth element in there. You have the the pop element in there. You also have the glam rock mm -hmm. side of it. And that precursors like panic at the disco glam type shit. Mm -hmm. But I feel like to a degree that almost like it might be too daunting for people. And if I was going like alternative with not the emo I almost I it almost says to me the self-titled blink because I feel like there's enough there where like all the different songs will like you have stupid songs, but you also have serious songs. You also the white have, cover, right? The white cover with the smiley face. Yes. Yeah. OK. Um, That would definitely be somewhere in that mindset. But I have a hard time nailing down one specific one because of that. And then, like, if you if you're wanting to go like classic emo, it's like taking back Sunday. Tell all your friends. So I, I kind of have a couple like loofing in there. Well, I wish I was pretty sure when we started, there was no way we were going to encapsulate alternative music in 30 to 45 <laughs> no. minutes. And we didn't. <laughs> but it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Jeff. And you got to plug something, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I got my my metal motion city soundtrack shirt yesterday from the show and Excellent. i have to shout that out because that's another one where it's a little light and fluffy but it's definitely fun yeah so. <laughs> uh, there was a kid 18 year old kid that started at my workplace he came nice kid came in today with a misfits t-shirt yes i went right to hr that's gimmick infringement <laughs> okay. do you have that frame behind you the misfits one. I do actually have Show that frame it. behind me. Show it. Um, if you can see it, it my my wife has a fan in front of it because <laughs> she's a really big fan. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. 
Also, was, I don't know if you remember this because we'll we'll end on this note. Do you remember drunkenly trying to tell me how good Danger Days was at your wedding? No, I don't. But I I, I bet I did that because I love that album. <laughs> I was talking to you about My Chemical Romance because one of the songs came on and you're like, Danger Days. It's got fucking superheroes. And then I'm like, yeah, I never really got into that. And you're like, come on, you got to listen to it. And then then you were like, Hold on. And then you ran away from me. And I was like, OK, <laughs> that was a wild night. Um, it, it, took was a good us, one. <laughs> it, it was fun. Um, we slept the whole next day. We didn't wake up until 10 o'clock at night the next night. I believe it. See, I've been to weddings before where they'll play like the Black Parade. Never been to a wedding that plays Coheed until now. So you guys win that one. There you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> Honestly, it was against me that uh, made me fall in love with her. Yeah, because uh, awesome. it was just a band that we both loved. And that's it <laughs> against me is our, they're smashing pumpkins. <laughs> I was going to say uh, uh, Silver Sun pickups. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of our first. That's technically the gateway. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had told me he really liked Silver Sun pickups and he wanted this one album, but they didn't have it like online or something like that. And this was before we were dating and I ordered it on Amazon and dropped it off in the studio. And then he was like, oh, shit, she likes me. What do I do? Right. And was panicking. What have I done? <laughs> Seven years later. Hey, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm sure it's not the last time we'll be talking to you. We'll figure something else out. All right. Sounds good. Really big fan podcast coming back after this. Laters. Laters. Welcome back to some really big fan podcast. And thanks again to Mr. Jeff Lusk for joining us for this week's uh, really big fan podcast. Me, our first three time. Yeah. What do you call himself? Triple Crown? Triple Crown. Yep. He's the Triple Crown. Really big fan. Yeah. We've got a couple people that are right behind him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You guys will be seeing them. (laughs) I'm sure. So um, instead of playing the normal game that I like to play with you, where I ask, what have we learned? Because really, we didn't learn a lot very much we know we just talked we just about talked things, we about like. things we like uh I, I like to do something a little different i'd like to i'd like for us both to build our alternative nation oh goodness if you will so what i'm going to do is i'm proposing is that we'll do a draft of alternative bands think of it like you're starting a radio station because we both come from a radio, background of radio. Yep, yeah yep. like and and you can only use the the bands you pick are the bands that you're going to play they're going to be your the ones that get the most the most rotation on your uh, particular station. So we're going to do it like draft style. So one of us will go first and then whoever goes second gets two picks. And then the next person gets two picks and two picks and two picks until we've done like, I don't know, 10 bands or something. Okay. So do you want to go first? Do you want to go second and get two picks? I think we should rock, paper, scissors for it. Good. So do we go on shoot though? Or are we going rock, paper, scissors? And then like, is it one, One, two, two, three? three. Okay. Okay. Got it. Right. One, two, three, shoot. Oh, you got me. Gotcha. So does that mean I get to pick what I'm doing? You get to pick if you want to go first or you want to go second? Second. You want to go second and get two picks? Yes. Okay. Well, if I'm starting first, you know I'm picking the Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. That changed my move. Yeah. No, that's that's why draft is fun. <laughs> well, then I'm going My Chemical Romance and Nirvana. Both <laughs> solid picks. Both. You know that Nirvana had to be in those first, like- I thought you were going to go Nirvana first. No. 
And so I was like, mm, I can get Smashing Pumpkins and My Chemical Romance because if I went first, I would have thought you were taking My Chemical Romance from me. Oh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> That's mean. I mean, I was going to take the Smashing Pumpkins, but we both love them. Very true. Uh, let me go with, uh, uh, so I get two picks now. Mm-hmm. So let me go with. Er, yeah. Yeah. Because you got two picks. Oh, yeah. You got My Chemical Romance and. Who was your you know what? We screwed up, though, because we were supposed to go one first, right? Right. I just did Smashing Pumpkin. Oh, oh yeah. My and God. then you did Mike M and Nirvana. I'm going to say it again, Tony. Full disclosure, I had a gummy. And it okay. just kicked in right when we started. All right, cool. So, this will be great. Yes. So I got I to gotta keep track of <laughs> Awesome. Yes. All right, so uh, so I get two picks. So you pick Nirvana and Mike Chemical Romance. So I'm going to pick Pearl Jam. Uh, and then... I'm going to go with Soundgarden. Okay. Uh, Let's see. What do I want? What do I want? Blank-182. Good pick. Solid pick. Paramore. Really? Yeah, I'm going to... I was wondering when one of us was going to get a little weird. Par- but Paramore's a big... Par- Paramore's a big band, and they're like a big band for my genre, sure. and their whole back catalog is solid. Yeah. And as a... When you told me this concept, because he prepped me a little bit for the concept... Yeah, I didn't want um, to spring it on you. I realized that there are really not... I don't have like a ton of favorite female artists except Haley. That's fair. Yeah, there's a lot of male artists in the rock genre and we're going on alternative rock and not like rock rock. So I'm not going to pick like a hailstorm. Right. Yeah. My mind is pretty dude heavy. I'd say. All right. Well, I left Alice Paramore and then I have one more. You do. Okay. Queens of the Stone Age. Really? All right. No, that's a, that's an excellent pick. I'm not saying that this station makes sense. I'm just saying it's my station. <laughs> What's funny is that I left Alice in Chains on the table. Yeah. I was wondering I if, take it. if you were going to snag that. So I wrote like 20-something bands on this list, and they're on Oh, there. see, I'm, I'm right off the top of my head. I, I can't do it like that. Right. People will literally freeze, especially with the edible in tow. Okay. Um, so I was kind of like, okay, well, let me write stuff down. And when I wrote stuff down, I like I started realizing what was in there, and I'm like, this is weird. So I've got three bands right now, and you've got four. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's my pick. I get two picks again. Yeah. Like I said, I left Alice Chains on the table for you, but I'm not leaving them for a second round. Oh, no, go ahead. You so my, my station is now the Smashing Pumpkins. Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and Pearl Jam. Yes. And then for my second pick, this is where I'm going to get weird and say they might be giants. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) That is going to be a really weird break in the day. Well, I mean, (laughs) back half of my top, you know, my top runners. Uh So, like, now I have to separate it out so that it doesn't all sound like one homogenous grunge station. Right. True. True. Um, Okay. I'm going Green Day. I almost said them instead of they might be giants, and I didn't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely Green Day. And then I'm going to go Offspring. Offspring? Yeah. You you got a lot of punk. Yeah. You got a lot of punk. So your station right now is Green Day and the Offspring. Mm-hmm. It is Queens of the Stone Age and Paramore. Mm-hmm. And then it is My Chemical Romance and uh, what was the other one? Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Five. That's uh, five, six. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of who's left here. Mm, 
man, my station, <laughs> I went real heavy on the grunge at the beginning. Right. Now if I continue to go for heavy hitters, my station sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you haven't, were you thinking anything with the Foo Fighters? Because we grabbed Nirvana. Like I are, no, I have Nirvana. Oh, you, you grabbed Nirvana. I grabbed Nirvana. That's true. So I don't know if that, that fits where your head is, but you do listen to a lot of Foo Fighters. So I'm going to, this might be a little bit off the beaten path. I'm going to go Stone Temple Pilots. I think they've they've got a pretty varied catalog that can can fit into a lot of stuff, um, and uh, uh, ooh, uh, it's getting tough now. Tough to man. I really should have picked Green Day instead of they might be Giants. <laughs> I should have saved them for like my last pick because you never would have picked they might be Giants. No, a million God, years. No. Not a million trillion years. Uh, give me the white stripes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't even break him on here. Yeah, Jack White. Completely forgot. Give me the white Sorry, stripes. Sorry, Jack. I completely forgot. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting to struggle a, a tad bit here. I'm going to go... Hmm... Uh, Dr. GTC in the chat trying to help you out. Because <laughs> there are some bands on here that like would be good ones. Yeah. I Did I already pick Radiohead? Because that was one I was considering. Oh, you did? So Radiohead. Ooh. That was, so I was going back and forth between Green Day. Oh. And then I was I like, oh, Radiohead. Radiohead. Oh. So I got Radiohead. I fucked up. I came out <laughs> swinging for the first two rounds and then I fucked up. Um, not that that goes with my station at all here. And yeah, like Blake 182, the offspring Green Day Radiohead. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> so to smooth that out, Incubus. Interesting. Interesting pick. Good catalog. Yeah. Like pretty solid catalog. They have bangers off of each. Yeah. But they get a little weird with it sometimes, and Radiohead gets a little weird with it sometimes. Very Might true. smooth that out just a tad bit. Very true. Okay, let's see if I can remember everybody so far that I've got here. I've got the Pumpkins. I've got Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. Uh, I s- snapped up Alice in Chains and Stone Temple Pilots. They Might Be Giants is in there. Uh, who else did I grab? Five, we six, wrote this down. seven. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I'll just make this my last. My you last did couple. Soundgarden. I did Soundgarden. Yep. Okay. I did Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. Uh, because I think my first pick was the Pumpkins. My second pick was Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. My third group of picks was Alice in Chains, and they might be Giants. Yeah. I don't remember what my fourth group of picks was. Well, isn't that what you were just doing? I guess. Yeah, I think that's what you were just on. All right. Well, give me Fallout Boy. Okay. And give me the Killers. See, I think that picking the Killers is an absolute mistake. Do you? Their catalog is not strong enough. No, but their hits are so good. Yeah, like you're gonna get the Mr. Brightside, and somebody told me, but I'm like Mr. Brightside six times a day. <laughs> 
you're going to be like um, playing uh, Kid Rock on the hard rock stations every hour. Every, every other hour. hour on the at, at the 45, you can hear Mr. Brightside on See. WCZK. <laughs> See, you know, it's interesting because like, okay, think about this for a second, though. I am not picking like things that I am obsessed with. I am picking no. things that are like actually fully fledging trying to. I have station. already fully admitted that I fucked up after the second <laughs> round. I don't know. It's, it's, it's over for me. I, I can't make a cohesive station anymore. I'm trying to remember all of mine so I don't screw up. <laughs> Radiohead. So let's see. I did pumpkins. I did this and this. This is great podcasting, by the way. <laughs> have to cut down some of the I'm definitely going to cut this part out, but thank you guys for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you, Twitch. We love you. <laughs> I did read that uh, the the Killjoys Dark Horse, Dark Horse comic, Dr. GTC. I don't know how I feel about Gerard Way's comic output. <laughs> I do like his uh, Evangelion homage story in the Spider-Verse series, but otherwise, like, Umbrella Academy is a weird comic. I fucking love Umbrella Academy. It's a great show. It's a weird fucking comic. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't read the comic. Let's see. So I have Nirvana, Blink-182, My Chemical Romance, Paramore, Queens of the Stone Age, Offspring, Radiohead, Green Day, and Incubus. Okay. So, so I have you, one more. You got one more, and that'll be 10. Okay. Hmm... Two fighters? No, that's fine. You left it on the table. I did. I did because, like I said, I didn't like my station already went so heavy in the front end on the grunge that I feel like the Foo Fighters would be so much more of just the same thing. It's why I didn't pick Bush either. Right. Because it would just be more the same. I had Bush on this list too at one point. Um, I'm I'm surprised that you're not picking St. Rivers. With his Weezer. That's that, true. That Weezer catalog is, is... So how many bits do I have? I, I didn't write yours down. Okay. Let, do it now. Tell okay. I'll write it down. The Pumpkins. Uh, my second pick was... Uh, my second set was Soundgarden. Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. And then I did House and Chains and They Might Be Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I went for uh, Jack White or The White Stripes. Yeah. And Stone Temple Pilots. And then I did, uh, what was my last pick? Oh, The Killers and Fall Out Boy. So I've got one final pick. White Stripes. Blood. White Stripes. What did you say after that? The Killers. The Killers and Fall Out Boy. So I could blow that last pick on Weezer. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, you have two. I have two? Because you have- Because I started- You started with, with one. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, give him a, one of my last picks will be Weezer. And uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. What? <laughs> I don't want to be with you. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. They have, like, four songs. <laughs> You'd have been better off picking Dave Matthews Band and do- it's marching. That's how we announce our winners in the last season. No, no, we're not doing Call it 12. 
press that oh. Awful. Uh, shit, I don't know. Fucking REM. Okay. I, I can accept that. Weezer and REM. That's going to be so funny with the white stripes and the killers mixed in there. Hell yeah. Oh my God. And Fallout Boy? Yeah. <laughs> Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This one goes out to the one I love, followed by Ava Dor, <laughs> followed by Centuries. <laughs> God. I feel like if you're picking Centuries, is it that's like the imagined dragons of your station. It is. It is it absolutely, absolutely is. <laughs> okay, so here is where we landed. For my station, I don't get a cool acronym because it's too long. Like you gotta hey, come up with a No, because it just looks like a cum. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Don't want to do that. No, you don't. No, no, no. So we're we're just going to call it station acronym. Or, oh, I had that acronym zine radio. So there you go. Here's my acronym zine radio top A-Z-R. 10. A-Z-R. There you go. That's a lot better. Uh, Nirvana, Blink-182, My Chemical Romance, Paramore, Queens of the Stone Age, The Offspring, Radiohead, Green Day, Incubus, and Foo Fighters. I would listen to that station. Yeah. And this- I, I might turn it off when Incubus comes on just because I'm not a huge Incubus fan. Yeah. But I would most of that I'd be like, oh cool, it's this. <laughs> oh cool, it's this. And then and then for you, what was it? WCZK here? WCZK. All right, we've got the Smashing Part Pumpkins, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. They might be giants. Oh, yeah. With the white stripes, the killers, Fall of Boy, Weezer, and REM. <laughs> I <laughs> GTC says he'll see himself out because you don't like I Incubus. I don't dig Incubus. <laughs> yes. No, it's I. I just feel like Incubus does have a pretty solid. They do have a pretty good. They, you just didn't have to hear it every single day either, so you didn't no. get waterboarded with it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I like didn't listen to radio in the mid early two thousands. Well, yeah. And f- it was fun all fact, CDs. Those who. Cannot be named here. They didn't play Incubus. So Fair. you didn't hear it ever. And then like there was a day I think you were working and then you guys played an Incubus song and I text you and went, what is happening right now? <laughs> Did someone die? What is happening? Nope. Just Incubus somehow made it into the catalog. All right. Well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. I think... They're both weird stations. They're weird stations. Because in no place does Queens of the Stone Age make sense with my chemical romance, except in my head. No, I think it, I think it, it meshes. Does it Does it mesh? Only if I play the, anything off villains? Well, no, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird if you're only playing from one album. No, I would I will say if I was going to play like Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and, my, and Smashing Pumpkins, I would deviate from the like four hits you hear all the time. Oh, yeah. You mean that you're just not going to play uh, Bullet every? I'm not every playing. Hour. I'm not playing alive, but I will play Corduroy fairly often because <laughs> it doesn't get enough radio play. <laughs> or Jeremy. I you know Take Jeremy Jeremy's, off yeah, the radio. Exactly. No, that's that's on there too much. <laughs> most of uh, most of Stone Temple Pilots' first album is not going to be on my station, but plenty of their third album will be. Are you not going to play Rooster from Alice in Chains? I might not. Yeah. 
<laughs> but Mr. Brayside, every 45 minutes. No, not every 45, every uh, two hours. Okay, every on the two 45s. Hours. Okay, there we go. Yep. I heard 45. That's all I heard. Every 45 minutes, the killers. And whenever uh, somebody wins, you hear ants marching. Good night, everybody. Oh, we're not even doing a serotonin oh, boost? No, I, a serotonin boost. serotonin boost was that, because that went extremely long. Fair enough. <laughs> Have a good night, y'all.